0: Hello, and welcome to Web3 Unpacked, where each week we explore the people, the projects and the visionaries building the trusted web. This week, we welcome Chris Murphy of Clink Finance, an interesting product, project that I am definitely interested in in learning more about. Um, welcome, Chris. Uh, we'd love to learn more.
1: Thanks for having me on, Rich. Excited to speak today.
0: Awesome. And... Um, as we were speaking about before, uh we jumped on. You are calling from Berlin, Germany, correct? That's so right. It's
1: the uh first sunny day of the year actually. So, what are we on the 9th of May? But uh, yeah, sunny Berlin as of as of today.
0: That's good. You you know, you got to take those days when you can get them. That's it. Uh for sure. Uh and, you know, your partner Philip, he's in in Berlin as well, but you have offices in Ireland, I hear, right?
1: Uh so we're fully remote. Um German likes to brag he's the only German uh in a in a Berlin based team, but uh he I'm east of Berlin and he's west of Berlin. So he oh. he's, on, he's on the posh side of Berlin and I'm on the uh. the, the edgy <laughs> side if if you want to put it that way.
0: Yeah, the Berlin uh, the Brooklyn side, right? As I would of call course, it. Of course, yeah. So Chris, one of the questions that I like to ask earlier rather than later in a, in the podcast him starting to ask more people about this, is why blockchain? Why crypto? Why is it important to you personally?
1: Hmm. Yes, yeah, certainly. So um, I, I guess like everyone who joins the space, it's it's the excitement, it's the speculation and the opportunity that draws people in. But standing as a crypto founder now, uh, the excitement on my side of things comes from the capability of the technology, right? So uh, we've gone through peaks and troughs to market cycles. But ultimately, as you see more and more so now, it's not a question of if it's if it's relevant within the markets, but the capability it has to actually change the market. So banking systems, capabilities of people to transfer wealth uh, in a safe, meaningful way, smart contracts to run real estate, even p- private blockchain opportunities is something that we're going to see in the future. So it's absolutely no question to me to be involved in this space over the past few years, just true to capabilities that the technology will be bringing over the next 10 to 15 years.
0: Well, I I got involved in 2013 for the same reasons you did as far as excitement, movement. Uh, There was a ton of chatter within the developer community, uh, meaning there's something new out here for uh, us to explore from a development standpoint. But there was also this interest in, you know, investing in something that's completely back then it was speculative and crazy Mm -hmm. Um, and forget about having a conversation with someone about it. Um, It was quite difficult and it still is a little difficult at times. But um, ultimately, yeah, you hit it. It it is about freedom um, and flexibility and, and trying things, whether it is government or DAOs or finance, trying something different right Mm -hmm. and i think it's time for that Mm -hmm. so yeah thank you for sharing that okay chris can you tell us a little bit more about clink the product itself and the gamification
1: sure so um myself and my co-founder philip we were validating at the very end of 2021 basically bringing gamification into personal finance so what we had observed basically was there was a whole lot of places to hold your crypto assets but certainly more in a speculative manner mostly in exchanges places where you can leverage up places that welcome you to transact between tokens and trade where no real good places to actually stay save your funds and create a little bit of excitement in terms of holding them over time so where we actually landed was bringing prize link savings which is a very old saving schemes within, within the traditional banking space into the world of crypto assets So. What our platform is, we describe ourselves to the consumers as a crypto wallet. We're a very good, safe place to store your assets. We're insured by over $30 million in the case of breach through fireblocks technology. But we have a huge layer of gamification in terms of earning yield on top of your funds on a day-to-day basis. So um, basically what we operate is a mechanism of a sweepstakes for how you hold your crypto. So for every $25 you hold in each crypto token, whether it be USDC, Ethereum, Solana, whatever it may so be, you're given a ticket. That ticket then participates in a sweepstakes draw, whereby you can win yield as opposed to earning it on a fixed rate of interest. So uh, our prizes range from a couple of cents or a couple of cents worth of that token on a daily basis. All the way up to half a million dollars uh, for simply for holding up to 25 dollars in that specific token so what we're actually doing as a business is we aggregate the liquidity together into a single pool that single pool earns an institutional amount of interest that's either true staking or true tokenized treasury bonds if you're into stable coins and what we will actually do across that community um of um yield that's earned is we distribute it back to the user population so trade-off Still a very good place to earn uh, variable interest on top of your funds, but still a chance to earn big without actually taking any speculation or risk over time. So that's the namespace we're in. We're a savings type solution in crypto, but a pretty good, exciting place to earn on top of your crypto funds at the same time.
0: Yeah, and from what I've been reading and and kind of discovering on my own is that um, the price-based savings, which I think is really interesting, you know, when we when we look at what's happening, especially in the U.S., and we might touch on that a little later, where do you put your money? You know, banks are, you know, going crazy. Where do you put your money that could potentially earn you a little bit of return? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, you put it in crypto or gold or whatever you want to do, bonds or whatever you're into. Um but for me, the natural oh, it's Bitcoin or Ethereum or something like that. This is really interesting, and it and it really bucks some of the past um, financial institutions, maybe like a BlockFi, where and you know other uh, financial institution or quasi financial institutions we won't mention right yep. now where you're getting, uh, I've seen upwards of 19.5%, right? If it's too good to be true, yeah. it is. The writing's on um, the wall. Yeah. The writing's on the wall. How do you get your money out? You have uh, durations in which you have to kind of stay in mm-hmm. for six months to a year. Is there a lockout? Is there a lock-in period? And or can people on-road and off-road um, with Clink easily?
1: Sure. I think you know just on your point of, of where you park your money uh crypto assets now i feel are just their own asset class right uh, there yeah. was uh, there was peaks and troughs i know before we jumped on the podcast we spoke about the legislation changes that are happening in the us and a lot of confusion are they commodities are they securities irregardless of that they're an asset class right so <clears throat> whether you choose to put your money in this kind of market choosing crypto is certainly a decision that you must make right diversification is key of everything so my advice to everyone out there who maybe isn't actually within crypto yet is that you must put some proportion of your money into uh crypto assets so the next piece you've hit on a few good points there uh when we were validating various different business models right we had the celsius of this world and and the block of this world and we we've spoke to people within those businesses as well right in terms of understanding what went right what went wrong and ultimately, uh, with these types of businesses, uh, they're competing against interest rates. And this comes back to the fixed interest rate piece I mentioned. So uh, if your competitor's offering 16%, you must go up to 18%, 19%. That's how you bring in liquidity in terms of your services. And in a bull market, all good. There's always more opportunity. There's more people doing market neutral strategies, etc. right? There's certainly a good appetite for lending back towards institutions. But as they always say, when the tide goes out, you see who's not wearing any pants, right? And that's obviously what happened with a a lot of the guys out there. So in in terms of how we're different, uh, what we do is we look for opportunities in terms of where there's fairness of yield, right? So we don't shoot for 18 to 20%. Our target on stables is around four to 6%, which we then distribute back to the user populations back at random. So to give you a bit of a concept in this, right? What we do across the different tokens that users hold in the platform, I'll split it into two. I'll first talk about the stable coins. So USDC, DAI, USDT. If a user holds them, it's completely liquid. What we are doing at this moment in times, in terms of our treasury, we make a uh, pool uh, for all the assets in Fireblocks custody. So Fireblocks is our custodian solution. Uh, it's a very highly insured, NPC secured technology. Um, <clears throat> but what we would do then with the liquidity is then at this point in time, we work with two partners where we purchase uh, tokenized treasury bonds. So we're earning four to 5% off US treasuries at this point in time. So the question then is how does this differentiate for me purchasing treasuries, right? And I like to explain pricing savings pretty simply in, in three simple steps. So it's like a savings account. You can deposit or withdraw whenever you wish. But the biggest difference is instead of earning three or 4% on top of a fixed interest rate, you can have the upside to earn the whole liquidity pool of that prize um, pool uh, as opposed to just earning three or 4%. So if we aggregate the funds together, and it earns an institutional amount of interest on 4% of all user funds. Basically, you have the opportunity to earn all that interest simply just for holding the funds. So we have a randomized algorithm to distribute the yield back to users who hold assets on our platform. So you'll still earn a variable amount of interest. It's still a good, safe place to park your funds, which you can earn on the upside to earn the whole prize pool of that week simply by participating in the program itself. So that's what we do with the stables. Uh, We're only on stables at this point in time, so we're in beta. Uh, You can purchase buy, sell, swap, USDC, DAI, USDT. Uh, We will be moving into uh, prizeling staking uh, in the coming months, so it's not there in our development cycle yet. But, excuse me, our team are are, are working towards it. So, whereby we would do a very similar approach. Uh, All say, for instance, we use Ethereum. uh, It's uh, it's staked uh, on a validator. The validator earns a certain amount of interest, but then our platform would distribute the yield of all of the state uh, ETH to the user populations back at random. So it's completely gamified returns, but with still a pretty high chance of variable interest over time.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, you, you you actually touched on something that I, I wanted to ask you, which is you know, do you utilize staking um, with Ether? Um, and that's pretty pretty smart. If you can do that, um, they're only going up, and it's really really stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you actually the gamification comes within. It, it, it's important for our audience actually to understand is once you put your money in, you're, you you don't have there's no arbitrage models, there's no strange burning right. You don't have to do anything with stable coins or anything else. Once you put your money in, you're in. The gamification comes in almost like um, uh, tickets you get, right? Um, and, y- you know, a, a lottery system, sure and the thing. longer you're in, the more tickets you get. And actually, you guys do have an introductory, I think it's 20 tickets or 20 chances to win uh, based on entering, which is, it's kind of a nice and nice onboarding sure. feature.
1: Yeah. So, so in, in terms of that prize model, what we wanted to do in, uh, the model was proved transparency of the way in which we reward do the reward distribution. So yeah, basically the way in which we, we run it for stables at this point in time is for every $25 you hold worth of each token, whether it be USDC, DAI, USDT, you're given a sweepstakes ticket. So basically a no-loss lottery. The ticket has seven numbers. Our platform will then select numbers throughout the week. Um, and again, like a no-loss lottery, like a Powerball, the more numbers you'll match, the more you will earn and yield over time. So it's a completely scalable model. The more you um, hold, the more tickets you have, the more chance you have to win through probability. But uh, our prizes range from uh, one cents for one number match through stables. Uh, We're in the process of creating an on-chain insurance, whereby our top prize will be half a million dollars. So simply for holding funds as little as $25, you have the upside to win half a million uh, every week uh maybe by the time this podcast is coming out you you might come onto our platform and notice that we've moved to daily draws as well so what we're actually moving towards is every 24 hours the draw runs so it's daily yield daily payouts daily interest uh but obviously the chance to win on the upside of half a million every day simply for just holding funds in the app
0: yeah, I I think I um this week I registered uh with you guys and I'm going to actually start to drip some funds in. And it, it you know, for our listeners, I, there is no there is no minimum, correct?
1: We're simply a, a platform where you can hold funds. Uh you will start participating in the draws once you hold assets over $25.
0: So oh if right. you want to hold so,
1: 10 bucks it's completely fine right it's still a fully insured licensed platform to hold crypto in but uh yeah the the fund starts off for 25 bucks
0: that that's that's awesome um so basically there's there's really no ceiling right so um that's great and anyone can get involved and i love the gamification of it um the more money you put in the longer you keep it there the more your odds go up it's pretty simple yeah um
1: we have uh, a few pretty interesting uh feature requests by users the first we have about two and a half thousand users on the platform now a a wealth of information comes from from the first batch right But some pretty cool suggestions such as Snapstreak. So if you've ever used Snapchat before, I did at one stage, I don't anymore. But uh, you can earn, uh, basically earn rewards for opening the app daily. So it's almost like a streak. So what we wanna actually do is incorporate that your probability will increase. You'll earn more tickets if you check in daily. So there's a huge amount of wealth of opportunity to earn simply just for engaging with the application itself we also offer 20 free tickets to users uh, as they onboard onto the application as well so they're on the house
0: yeah i like that um i, I like some of those those new uh, new feature recommendations um it's an engagement driver keeps people attached to your brand but also gives them another way to kind of bump their bump their savings up it's yeah. pretty cool um yeah and you can actually get it you know clink can get it so that the audience or the, the 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 whole community kind of helps to support the brand itself and actually exactly. celebrate it um so you're 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 creating um you know advocates or advocacy mm-hmm. um through the whole program which is really cool now the the one thing that i was was really interesting um we we had um omar emcel on uh from fireblocks uh, really interesting guy. Really interesting product. And I, I think this is there's some details. We're not going to go too crazy with talking about them, of course. But they're 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 insured, mm. right? They're insured thirty million dollars cu- custodial insurance yeah. uh, through their through their platform. That's really really interesting and important for people to know um, that the technology behind Clink is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And they're 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 really reputable in the in the space at this point, not financial at <laughs> uh, financial advice at all. But um, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about that insurance program? Um, and the other point that I would like people to know about Fireblocks and subsequently Clink is they have a very interesting custodial um, uh, key setup, right? So your keys are distributed. Mm-hmm. and there's no one person there's not a a ceo at a company going hey let's uh let's go and invest in these 10 startups yeah. or let's go buy uh land in the cayman islands um you know stuff like that <clears throat> that is super important
1: well i think that's what a lot of guys were doing previously right so uh the bahamas xyz <laughs> we, won't, we won't name names but uh yeah so yep. we were uh tendering uh around may last year we, we raised our initial funding and, and we spoke to the market a lot of referrals came through Fireblocks, but we still spoke to peers i won't mention the peers that we named there's a multitude of reasons why we chose Fireblocks. the insurance is one trust is a huge piece in in everything now right and we felt that the the custodial insurance is something that's that's important it's a it's a, a strength within our as you mentioned in our own technology that we can vouch for such security but uh Just in terms of their reputable nature in the market they seem to be very much market leaders have been contacted by quite a lot of their peers in the last few months big peers that are doing separate types of technology in crypto that are trying to move into their namespace but i think twofold you know when we were looking in may or june of last year we were looking at custodians that we're managing the assets of the businesses as well right so like w- what fireblocks actually describes itself as and, and you know the back and forth i have with them is they're, they're a technology they're a software they're not a an exchange some some businesses built on top of custodian exchanges basically right where of course the custody of the assets are held but they were being tampered with over time so completely impartial software technology to hold custody assets of user funds uh, but highly highly secure <laughs> through npc uh key technology so uh probably the simplest way to present that is that there's uh a key but it's split into three right so uh, basically uh there's three keys uh to open one lock uh two keys are needed at a minimum but they have a transaction policy as well so within the actual software you can set uh um, limitations filters etc that if a certain transaction happens something a lot of Audit if anything odd is noticed across something, is that there's an immediate notification, and then all of the three key holders have to uh, sign to ensure the confirmation of the transaction. Something pretty very interesting I remember going through the demos with them was that uh, if they see a suspicious transaction, I believe they have an internal team that will call the third signature, so the CEO, uh, and they'll actually host a video call with this, uh, with the person who holds the key, just to ensure that there's, uh, f- no, for want of a better description, a gun to their head, right. Or, or anything <laughs> going on in the background, yeah. so they, uh, they've, they've really thought about everything in terms of security and, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a great partnership so far.
0: Yeah. And, and for our listeners that that's been a big sticking point for a lot of people who want to explore. Um, DeFi, the world of DeFi and these new types of um, applications that are coming out. So I'm really happy to hear that. Um, I think it's a win-win for both of you guys. Um, It's awesome. And knowing a little bit about Fireblocks, they basically are, I would say crypto or token agnostic, right? Um, So for you guys, how do I onboard? Am I doing Bitcoin, crypto, any other alts? What do you accept?
1: sure so at this point um so so just in terms of the timeline of our business right so uh we're a pre-seed company we raised our starting funding in uh the second half of last year uh 2022 Uh, at this point we're at a product market fit phase with beta users you're able to access uh our 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 application on ios and android from our website clinkfinance.com but we are doing a test and repeat model on this savings type gamification through stable coins only. So at this point we accept USDC, DAI, USDT. Uh, you can purchase uh, crypto through our platform. You can also pretty easily send us uh, crypto through a, a wallet address. You have your own uh, wallet um, address through, through the Clink platform where you can send funds to on Polygon, Binance Smart Chain, uh, Ethereum. They're the networks that we uh, support at the moment. As uh, and again forgive me sometimes i do podcasts but when, when do we plan to air this because <laughs> things move so quick
0: uh within the next week maybe by friday
1: okay right, okay so yeah so basically we're planning on rolling by the end of june as we'll start with ethereum that'll be our first proof of stake token on the platform uh after that we're just going to keep releasing token after tokens so what we want to do is basically offer uh the gamification to the top 20 tokens uh obviously specific to native staking as well so avalanche matic uh polka dot a few of the other top 10 15 tokens that uh, have native staking uh they'll be next on our roadmap to offer so uh they're, they're forthcoming
0: yeah, it's it's good to know that um, that you're you know you can't expect something Maybe like this to, to have
1: everything as well. So what we've also um, observed, so we've spoke to a lot of people within the sector. Um, so obviously protocols, token issuers themselves, uh, basically platforms that are looking for more utility to their community is staking. So they've all uh, two fairly big providers. Um, they have expressed their own interest to run pricing staking pools through our own services as well. So it's actually more of a collaboration as well. If you're a token issuer, uh, that basically you can drive more utility, more gamification to your staking through our services, through collaboration. So we're pretty excited with that. Uh, We're hoping by the end of this year that we'll have a few dedicated commercial agreements with token issuers where they're actually driving their own prize pools through our services. So that's something that we're quite excited about as well.
0: Yeah, that's a whole new dimension. That's pretty cool. Um, Awesome. So, um, you know, a lot of our listeners and, you know, myself and you and everyone else creating for this world, we're entrepreneurs, right? The last year has been, man, a roller coaster ride, right? How do you and, you know, maybe your partner Philip and others within your organization deal with car crashes pretty much every other second? You know, uh, you, get you, used to you it? spirits up?
1: <laughs> You get used to it. Um, I, I would say this year has been pretty good, actually, to us, right? So 2023, yeah. uh, it's been bad for the banking sector, right? So it's like uh, everyone's running around in circles at the moment, right? It's like, don't trust crypto, don't trust banks, right? So it was crypto's downfall uh, in definitely the second half of 2022. But uh, the traditional banks, I feel, are, are, are the bad guys of, of this year, right? So obviously, a lot of them dropping like flies and the question then comes back in and certainly outside of crypto natives those crypto curious web 2.5 consumers right they're really thinking again that golden question where where do I put my money now right so um especially with the price action of Bitcoin specifically as well I think there's been a bit more confidence in the market so all in this year is is good but 2022 man oh my god um we set out to get our first fundraising round uh uh, Terra Luna went down. Uh, mm. Then there was almost like then we had three arrows. Then there was kind of few other little blips, and then obviously the the cherry on top with FTX on around September time, I believe yeah. it was right. So, all in, <clears throat> I feel for businesses like ourselves, right? So when we first started, uh, we were targeting Web two fintech type venture capital funds, etc. Certainly tar- targeting Web two type consumers, right? but we tranched our way back in to kind of, you know, to understand that our type of services, especially how we've developed as a business now, is that in times like these, the WebTree community are the only people that will accept you, right? So we have a, a great stable of, of investors, but all in the web WebTree space. So crypto native funds <laughs> and, uh it's, it's telling that although the space expands and retracts over time there's still a great community and collaboration that there are peaks and troughs within the space so very tough year but still a very strong year for for builders in the space right and things will come back around uh all, already seeing more curious type consumers curious type investors etc as well that are are tipping their toes in the water again because they understand what's going to happen next as we see interest rates go down by the central banks, I'd be pretty confident that we're going to see a bull run again. Uh, I'm very confident of that as well. I won't put a time on it, right, but it, it will come. Uh, so it's a matter of, of, of hedging your bets at this point in time as opposed to being too too late to the party. So it's been a, it's been a whirlwind ride for sure. But um, all in, I would say this year has been better than the last one anyway, for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because we... You know, here at ARC or at Web3 Unpacked, we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and innovators like, you, like yourself every single week. And I ask them similar questions like that. And their heads are north, their chins are high, and everyone's marching forward. And it's a really cool thing to see. When you finally realize that there is a better way and there needs to be a better way, you start to invest um uh, do your homework and research, and you finally go, Oh I kind of I get it it 's about trust yeah um, and removing trust from humans and putting it within uh, crypt- cryptography or an algorithm yeah uh, for better or worse for whatever that may be but um maybe, it does work do them, yeah. it maybe, actually works
1: maybe a point on the uh, the the founders you speak to as well some of the better best guys i've 've come across as well it, it if you ask about the the space and how tough it's been, I think a lot of people are very good at focusing on what they can control, right? So this year, even from a venture capital perspective, a lot of advice you've been given is to build. Just build, get product, market fit, get yourself, get a product that people love, right? You could launch the best business in the world, right? The shiniest platform with all the bells and whistles, right? It's still gonna be tough to get consumers in this market because trust has been uh, evaporated, right? But that's something that's out of your control in essence right so the the market's been hit bad not just within the crypto space right the global markets are are not doing very well at the moment i've met many founder friends in berlin they work in many different industries so it's not unique to the sector but i think instead of looking at the space in its in its state right the best thing you can do is control what's actually uh, around you right so that's building better listening to the consumers that are there, understanding what the product can be as the cycle moves on as well. So that's a real testament tale, I feel, of someone who's in control uh, in terms of building something that's going to move in the next market cycle.
0: Yeah. And a big part of it is um, doing what you're doing right now. Founders getting out on camera, on podcast, on stage, showing that there are real humans and real innovation happening behind the scenes. Um, Yeah, and, you know, when it comes to the world of government, and you and I touched on this before, but I'd love to unpack this a little bit, Um, the idea of, you know, Europe and Asia really, like, full bore um, jumping in and and adopting, excuse me, this whole wonderful world of Web3 and beyond... And then you've got the U.S., which, um, for lack of a better term, seems to be, for various reasons, a little bit of a circus. We don't know whether it's an asset class or what. Is, what is this, right? You're still trying to figure this out. Yeah. And we don't have the right people, the right advocates for Web three and blockchain right now. They're out there, but we don't have them in government. We don't have them lobbying and having intellectual discussions with lawmakers. Mm. That's what needs to happen. Where, how do you see, you know, I have definitely have my opinions, but where do you see the U S fitting into this, you know, world, if you will?
1: I think the, the U S and its testament to its success across history is, is its innovation, right? So, uh, and I, I would argue that there, some of the best technologies in crypto has come from, from the U S markets as well. Uh, just unfortunately a, a problem in policy is is the biggest issue in in the u.s right it, it's a weird one because uh i feel the policymakers and government that were in the u.s where a lot of them were behind the ftx crisis as well right and there would have been a huge pressure from the sec they would turn around and say yeah. right you need to figure this out and what my observation of it is that they're trying to force it at the moment right so it's like push policy through, you know stick it into an asset class stick it under the law that's it but it's not really like that right as you understand there's there're different kind of technologies within the sector there should be different uh, warrants towards different tokens etc so unfortunately it seems to be that it's uh, a sped up version and certainly uh one that's been met with a lot of friction right and I think maybe the biggest friction point is that there's a lot of uh swapping and changing coming from legislators in the U.S. Mm-hmm. as well right so the goalposts yeah. changing I believe Brian uh the um the coin Brian, base, Armstrong. Brian Armstrong the coin yeah. so like now they're trying to I guess be the big brother uh of of the U.S. Market specifically they're getting lobbyists together lawmakers I know they put a, a letter out to the SEC etc the 50 questions but yeah it's it's unfortunate to see so like if you if you look at europe now i would have said three years ago i said absolutely not the us and in innovation especially within the crypto space that's where the money is the big investment that's where all the innovation is coming out of and i would also say as well it's still the biggest market right so we don't have uh, in our user base we, we won't take on us consumers at this point in time that comes down to the current licensing we have but obviously seeing in terms of what's happening in the us at the moment is that it's just to stay away right But nonetheless, a lot of the uh, advisory I had and and mentorship of people that are in the space, second-time founders or founders who are on businesses of of a larger scale than us, that a lot of the liquidity and and value came from from the U.S. customer base, right? So uh, everything's just stuck at the moment, right? Until these policies are are, are being set set through and and put into place. I know they have the Stablecoin Act that's probably going to get through the... um, the Senate at, at some mm-hmm. stage uh but yeah it's uh if you look at Europe as well right so on the point of I would have just dis- completely disagreed with you three years ago but the EU lawmakers did pass the Mika's legislation quite recently I don't know if you followed that which that's called the management and crypto assets framework legislation we've been observing that for maybe the last two years but uh yeah it's been passed virtual asset service providers such as ourselves we're licensed in Europe will have to adhere to a rule book we'll have certain amount of accounting practices etc that we need to abide by and certainly act by the practices of, of the european lawmakers for us to serve european consumers so mm-hmm. i would argue some points in it are are very uh, hindering some points that are, are completely um, agreeable right in terms of the best practices of how platforms should be operating their businesses and, and the transparency of it but I would say that the U.S. lawmakers will probably not be a million miles from it either, right? So, um, if it's one thing, okay. I will would, would back the U.S. that you'll you'll figure it out soon enough, right?
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, there 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 are so many so many moving parts and pieces to this whole thing from a U.S. perspective, and it, this is just my opinion, obviously. But um, you know, we're we've got issues in government itself, right? You know. We're the youngest republic on the planet. Um, We're still trying to figure this out. It's the great experiment from a government standpoint. Now you've got this other great experiment called blockchain and Web3 and everything else. Um, It's a lot to take on. And there's a lot of shenanigans, a lot of bad actors uh, in in all governments, of course, but in the U.S. that are, I would like to say, in the midst of being weeded out, perhaps, Mm -hmm um i think once that happens people are realizing that we're we're being ha- hamstrung by uh by the government and by oddball regulations yeah. and we're not keeping our eye on the prize and like i and you you brought it up before i was going to bring up brian armstrong he is right now one of the strongest advocates mm. for what we what we are doing and i you know i i i, I I feel for him, um, but I think he's really smart. He's built a really interesting, uh, wonderful, uh, very straight line uh, company in the U.S. in Silicon Valley.
1: They're only one of the public businesses that are uh, in the crypto space for for where they're at, right? So like for them to have the transparency of reporting, right, that would have been no easy feat to go public. So yeah, it's... uh, if yeah. there was to be yeah. an advocate for the space now, and they're also launched their own chain, right? So he's, he's in full support of DeFi as well, right? So um, out of the many people that are uh, downing it at the moment, from my my observation in the US, right, it's good to see the advocates are emerging as well.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think he, he's going to be um, not only important, but pivotal uh, in what comes out next. And, you know, a message to US government lawmakers, yeah. Listen to the man. He's not—he's uh, not a selfish man, you know. He—he—he. He, he, I mean, obviously, he's in business, and obviously, the point of business is to make money mm-hmm. and grow your your community. But he really does have the industry's uh, heart in mind, you know. Mm-hmm. It's—he has the best interest in mind. Do you believe so, that they um, listen
1: to him, though, Richard?
0: Um, Certainly, it's those chair- I, I feet, think
1: right. If it, there's some of the questions that come from the lawmakers, right? They're they're it seems there's such a gap in knowledge, right, in terms of, of, of where they're at for their decision making capabilities.
0: Well, I think there's um, a, a, not only a gap, it's a chasm of knowledge. <laughs> like they, they, have a, they have a very long way to go. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just we all had to put in our thousand hours or mm. hundreds of days to to really understand why we're doing this and why we want to take that big step forward. They need to do it too. They need to embrace this technology that is not going away. You know, even Brian, I I was reading, it was a Coinbase Telegraph or something, an article on Coinbase. And, you know, they were like, we're thinking about Moving out of the U.S. if regulations get too hairy. Well, like,
1: players have moved out of it, the U.S. actually, right? So there has, I've noticed, I've observed a yeah. lot of players that have stepped out, right? And if could you imagine, you're a, a founder or an executive of a large business, there's pressure on you to to grow, right? To move yourself out of the U.S. market is a big move, right? So I've, I've observed three or four big players, UK players, right? And that's that's no easy decision to make, right? So if you think. What they know as, at an executive level to understand what's coming from lawmakers to make them move their business out of the United States—it's—it's—it's uh, really—it's—it's it's crazy to see. Yeah,
0: and they—they they should pay attention to this stuff. You know, it's like Cisco Systems and and you know Tesla moving out of California—that's big deal. Those are a lot of humans, mm-hmm. a lot of in, ingenuity, um, and infrastructure that they're su- helping to support. Leaving your state now, leaving the country. So I'm glad he put that out as not a threat, but a more of a red flag, because at the end of the day, you hit it perfectly, uh, Chris. And it is about the U.S.'s biggest export is innovation, product design, mm-hmm. creativity, um, and I feel like at this point in in time we have the petrol engine in front of us. We have uh, a Tesla coil in front of us. Um, And we're saying, it's almost like we're saying, eh, we don't need it. We don't really need it. Uh, And to me, it's like, oh my gosh, like you're you're throwing away the first petrol car. Mm. You're throwing away the light bulb. Um, And it's very short-sighted for the sake of you know, gleaning tax money and, and creating regulations. They need to le- learn to let things go for a little bit. Obviously, not to get out of control. And the Sam Bankman-Frieds of the world, mm-hmm. bad actors, need to be eliminated uh, and end, punished for what oh, they're the doing. Because we're a...
1: behind FTX as well, right? There's a there's a lot to say there. That um, so yep. so the, the, I think the, that's well. What that's called. the web. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's the issue that's happened here as well, right? And that's what's forced lawmakers into more of a a reclusive decision-making process, I feel, right? It's kind of like, okay, we've had this nuke of of bad actors, right? It's been tied over uh, into government, right? So let's try to squash it, right? So again, I feel everything that I observe personally is that everything is happening at a pace, but of a negative pace, right? But I think ultimately, it's a terrible thing to say right if you look at the old lectures of Gary Gesser etc what I would say in terms of him being a bad actor at least he actually understands the underlying technology within it as well right so like he he's well adapted to cryptography he understands the blockchain ecosystem etc so it, it just seems odd to me that a person or people of that level of sophistication and understanding of the technology are trying to inhibit it so much right so that's to me feels that there's some other reasoning where they're trying to reduce the capability of innovation within the space as opposed to welcoming it as well. So it just just doesn't seem to uh, add up specifically.
0: Yeah, and the the, you know, you can almost picture it in your mind, like a bunch of lawmakers and people in government going, Oh, well, we got to do something about this. And they go into a room, And they deliberate and (laughs) they they do whatever. And at the end of the day, if you've spent time understanding this new emerging innovation and technology and industry, the foundation of it is consensus, right? That's the idea that people and lawmakers need to understand that. Yes, the U.S. and other parliaments and governments are based on You know, uh, uh, influence from the states into the federal level and into, you know, uh, right up to the White House and lawmaking. Um, But the new model is listen, listen to people, understand what they want, understand their needs and their pain points. There's not a lot of that going on. There's not a lot of consensus going do, on. Do you feel that something cons- that they need to adopt?
1: Yeah. Do Do you feel that there is a consensus of consumers or retail market that want crypto rich across states?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a little uh, little biased in the sense that I talk to guys like you all the time of who are like, right, yeah, yeah, of course.
1: We're, we're in our Piosis, bubble, right? Yeah. Know,
0: yeah. It, a little bit of a bubble, but I do listen to other other folks, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, do we want guys like you and I want, uh, crypto POS systems at every coffee shop, every retail outlet? Of course. Yes. Oh, please. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's going to take a little, a little pushing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people outside of the space are still understanding, um, the concept of value around it, around the Bitcoin and all of the other currencies, if they get that far. Yeah. Um but I think once they understand and you put it into terms of hey if you pay with your visa or mastercard there's 10 companies plus maybe 50 companies with their hands out mm-hmm. shaving off pennies quarters dimes yeah, nickels yeah, yeah. uh and wouldn't you rather have it more uh, of a direct faster seamless and a clean transaction mm-hmm. with less fees Well, yes, I would. Well, here's how you can do it. Um, You know, I think, you know, the the conversation for us and, you know, because it's important for everyone to understand that guys like you, me, and other people, you know, building in this space, uh, yes, we're entrepreneurs and we're building something that we want to build to better the world, but we're also, uh, you know, and it's not even secondary, we're educators, right? We have to keep, educating people as we go yeah um you know i think you know uh, the more use cases the more success stories that pop out the more savings that you know even through clink like i mean i've been in clink for six months and i've made four percent of my money Mm -hmm. that is a ton more than and more security Mm -hmm. than an actual bank so i think once these use cases come out we start to celebrate it start to talk about it that's when people are going to go, hmm, Mm. all right, how do I get a wallet? How do I do this? That's really when the eyes are going to open up.
1: I think an observation of that is, you know, it's a technology that we observe and and we love, right, personally, as we're in this bubble, right? But the value add is the exchange of value to users, right? You know, how does it save the money? How does it make the money? And how is it safe for them to use? But I, I think an interesting point and why I asked you about the, um, your understanding or, or uh opinion i guess right of, of the the us consumers and as it's actually something that they really want i can only speak for it in the sense that the users we've taken on at this point in time they're from all jurisdictions but you know what we also observed is a huge amount of our starting users are from emerging uh, economies as well right so again a real eye-opener and, and something i really love about how we've come into this business is that we've directly engaged with consumers across many different markets out of these emerging markets where they may be banked but semi-unbanked as well right so they don't have access to normal financial services so in terms of access to cryptocurrency stores of values transparency privacy in terms of the wealth that they own as well the value add for them is completely subsequently different to what the US consumer will uh, see as a value add within the technology and you know yeah. as I mentioned to you at the start of this podcast what of course draws people in is a speculation the growth the capability to earn but as we build over time what has really drawn me in is the use case in technology is that it can be so segmented and separate across different consumers in uh, various different use cases as you've mentioned as well so uh, it's endless. I would argue that the emerging economies need uh blockchain cryptocurrencies exchange of value in transparent manners more than the the us economy or even the western markets right so of course the banks are going under but still the financial capability to store wealth take out loans pay it back xyz is a lot more capable in the western markets that we actually would take for granted as well right so um It's the emerging markets that I really feel in the next 10 to 15 to 20 years will really see the use cases of the technology as opposed to more of of the Western markets. So that's my personal observation.
0: Yeah, uh, great, great points. Um, And there's one, there's one analogy I like to use, because you brought up, you know, there's developing nations, there's developing economies, there's, you got to look outside of, you know, uh, Germany, France, England, in the US, you got to look outside and say, there's a great big world out there. And people do not have infrastructure, they do not have the same governments; They do not have the same banking institutions we do. The analogy I like to use is remember back in the day, who's going to want a mobile phone in their hands? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. why do I need this? I've got a landline. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, turns out, um, in the middle East and you know, uh, other uh, third world nations and developing nations, they don't, they don't have phone cable. They don't have running power, um, the way we do. So the idea of a mobile phone was absolute freedom. It was every, it became everything for them. Obviously, you know, other de- the developed nations such as the US and US, the UE um, jumped onto it really quickly and it became an entire industry and now we can't live, live without it. I see it very similar to that. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, there are villages, you know, in, in Africa You know, or even other third world nations or you know, developing nations that use the women have the phone Mm. because they keep the the finances close to themselves because the men might do something. I don't know. uh, Might squander it. Who knows? There's different different family structures and values and stuff like that. But people are using it as a form of security.
1: Where where you've seen. A lot of people plug into the web tree community, just you know, solo developers out of emerging economies that build, right? They build a value, they build an exchange between currency, bridge assets, solutions within the space, right? But their capability of payment, their capability to store the wealth that they've earned is completely subsided outside of a, um, a, a shareholder structure outside of you know having good credit having a a physical location where you can be brought in there's there's many different limitations that these people have but they can immediately plug into a new way of, of 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 monies right exchange of value and contribute and earn within that space without having to be uh green lighted across many different limitations that we would actually take for granted within the western market so uh yeah, my, my personal yeah. belief is that the emerging markets will benefit most from the blockchain over the next 20 years.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, that's where we're going to see explosive growth, a lot of onboarding, um, and then everything will, will take off from there. It's like what I tell people. It's like, I wish you could be part of some of these conversations I have, you know, communicating to, you know, people in the office or family or friends or whatever, and it'll, there is an in- Entire community, entire sub-economy happening, you know, where there are developers, you know, maybe Rust or Solidity developers uh, working all over the world. They don't want fiat uh, payments. They want crypto. Um, They are validated. Their Mm -hmm. code's validated. Their work is validated. And subsequently, much like Clink, it's gamified. So the better your code code reviews go, oh, yeah. and the more you have, <clears throat> the more successful you're going to be across maybe one, two, three, or four projects that you can you're contributing to. Slidy so,
1: developers uh, as well, right? If you do one or two projects, they it's certainly not cheap as well, right? So, yeah. I, I, yeah. some founders who are very well backed, right? And you know, some of their developers have come from from all corners of the world, right? And they didn't come from a. Yep a Stanford, right, or a four-year education that costs a couple hundred grand to to get through, right? So, again, it just opens up doors in in a way that's not been there before.
0: Yep. Um, You know, I almost see the, you know, especially with Web3 and obviously the Internet, of course, but the world is becoming flatter in in a good way. It's becoming um, more accessible. So it's not going to mean anything to you about Europe or uh, Asia, EMEA, yeah. or U.S. It's just one happy family working together mm-hmm. um, with a set of rules that are adhered to and uh, celebrated. So it's really interesting times. Um, I definitely would love to continue this conversation with you down the road because it is a rabbit hole we can go mm-hmm. into with that. But I want to just jump back into clink just a little bit as we're starting to wrap up a little Um where are you you know, you mentioned you're in beta, what does release look like, what's going on? And then, you know, what's the next six months look like for you guys?
1: Sure, so um, everybody, uh, you, perhaps the best way to put it is you, you, you think you want something, uh, someone wants something until you, you present it in front of them, right? And, and you learn 10 to 15 things from, from that exchange. So that's the space we're in now. Uh, I think the early interest for the business model is is certainly high, so probably something I didn't touch on, the pricing savings space has been around since, I think the the first time was around the 1600s it was observed, so uh, usually used as a bond system, whereby it was like an IOU, where the IOU return on investment was gamified amongst contributors, so uh, the most modern scheme is in the UK, it has over £200 billion in assets under management, it's very popular in jurisdictions such as india pakistan australia canada commonwealth countries so we're, we're very excited to say we've over 19,000 signups. signups uh, but slowly starting to merge users onto the platform now so in beta we've two and a half thousand users significantly huge wealth of information comes your way once you actually start onboarding the users of course we went through peaks and troughs in terms of understanding is the tech working well enough so yeah, over the past five to six weeks, we've started onboarding our users. That has also told us a huge amount of the way in which we're going to move forward. So uh, some interesting points. Uh, we were typically doing weekly cycles of reward distribution, we're now moving to daily. Uh, reason for that, people mm. saying in the crypto world, attention span generally across the world is getting lower every day, right? But. Uh, uh specifically in terms of the prize payouts we roll to 24 hours now we believe that that's very much more of an engager to become daily activated to engage with the services obviously daily chances to win as well uh but secondary to that is is our focus is like moving into uh volatile tokens so running prize payouts and volatile tokens is is a complex task so uh in terms of the yield that you can earn on it is completely going up and down daily uh, the amount of users the tvl so the amount of assets under management that we hold in a certain token can come in and come out so for us to actually build the technology to enable fair reward distribution that runs in clockwork every 24 hours has been quite a complex task but we're nearly there so once we release one volatile token we can continue with the rest right so um that's something that we're very much looking forward to in this next six months just releasing token after token creating new prize pool after prize pool uh and ultimately just generally getting ourselves to product market fit so we have enough runway to get us into early next year we've had some very good investors come on the cap table And again just to iterate the previous point it's just building something that people love right so we get great feedback so far but we already know how we can be a million times better in a million different things but it's it's refining those five things that we need to get better at right that are are mostly important so uh our next six months is finding our way into the market we want to get ourselves up to five seven ten thousand users uh considerable usage across different token pools From there, what we'll be actually aiming for is a seed round of investment then. So we'll aim for further capital that will allow us to expand our licensing, our technology, uh, and also our access into various different markets. So uh, exposure in a direct to consumer business is always uh, uh, essential. But for this point, I would say our next three to four months is very much around getting the perfect product into the market.
0: Yeah, Chris. Thank you for that, and it's important for our... I come from a, a a product background, and it's important to understand that you don't need to go out of the gate full bore. Mm. In fact, with DeFi, it's better to kind of dip your toes in and work, build your community, mm. um, uh, l- launch a beta, um, have things break, fix them, but all the whole entire time... And again, it comes back to a bit of consensus is listening, have your ears open, understand what, what features and functionality are working, what are necessary and what are nice to have and, and, and prioritize from there. So you you can go out with like with exactly what you said with the five elements that are going to make this successful and enjoyable. So um, I think that's a very thoughtful uh, approach and, and dare I say, uh, from a product standpoint, refreshing <laughs> to hear. Uh, so, so kudos um, to the Clink team for you know being smart about it and not shoving it. You know, being the first to market. It's mm. how about being really good, yeah, yeah, and really sure. working well and subsiding some of the anxiety that people have of uh, of DeFi, which is a challenge these days. So that's awesome. Um, where can we? Where we, where can we learn more and perhaps get involved?
1: Sure. So um, we're usually running daily promotions on our Twitter. So it's Clink Finance Twitter. Uh, but yeah, just join us on our website, uh, ClinkFinance.com. Soon to be able to access it straight away. Uh, We are currently running through a type form on the website where you'll be privately invited in through the beta So we're just hand selecting people from different um, Jurisdictions, etc. This again is the test and repeat model. So yeah sign up through the website You'll be very quickly informed on your next steps through um, uh, Through the uh, email communications and yeah expect 20 free tickets uh, as you enter into the application That will give you a taste of just how the mechanics of the application works, but uh, yeah very excited to have uh, users come onto the platform coming off this podcast.
0: Awesome, yeah. And um, any events coming up, any Twitter spaces you guys are hosting or anything we should be tuning into?
1: Yeah, so we are planning on hosting an AMA in the next two weeks. There'll be more information on that on our Discord. So that's Kling uh, Finance at Discord as well.
0: Awesome, and uh, we will certainly be letting our, our fans know and our listeners and viewers, know when that happens we'll definitely be tuning in for sure because we want to learn more we're very interested in in this in this technology uh, and product uh chris murphy thank you so much for joining us uh I, I personally would love to have you back on i think um this is a great conversation and we can go a lot further actually
1: would love to jump back on again
0: awesome thank you